Welcome to the Kinjas Podcast. Here we will discuss dance, life, and whatever the f*** we want. Welcome back to another episode of the Kinjas Podcast, Movement in the Shadows. Uh, If you open up Instagram, I'm pretty sure the first top 10 things you can probably scroll through are people hustling, um, flaunting a certain type of lifestyle, and talking about work, 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 grind, grind, grind. I think our culture is very quick to praise those who hustle and work hard. And not to say that there's anything bad about that, because that's actually, yeah, that's actually great and um, is praiseworthy. But I think the concept of rest and concept of taking breaks is not something that is um, very much glorified or praised. And I think, you know, when you constantly push and you don't allow yourself to uh, take a break, uh, we all face what we call burnout. And I definitely connect with that. I think even as a dancer who has been in this game for over 20 years, um, I've had my own battles with uh, wondering whether this was still something that I wanted to push. There were definitely times where I felt like um, I didn't have any desire to dance anymore or inspiration wasn't hitting me in the same ways that it used to and finding there to be something wrong with that, which uh, I don't think there really is. I think it's just a matter of intentionally finding things to balance uh, those times out. Uh, Today, my guest is Ryan Higa. Ryan is a OG YouTuber. He got into it very early game, over 21 million subscribers, uh, one of the most subscribed to uh, channels in 2009 through 11. He is a actor, comedian, entrepreneur, and podcast host. This conversation with Ryan definitely took a path that I didn't expect, and I'm glad it did, actually. Um, for those who may know Ryan's content, um, funny guy. He's always on, you know, when you're watching his videos, you, you can kind of expect to get a certain type of Ryan. And I think in this conversation, um, I caught him at a very cool time in his life. He's, he's taken a break. He said he hasn't created uh, content in a while and he's been just taking time to intentionally just rest and do the things that uh, he wasn't able to do when he was constantly in his grind go mode. And Simply things like hanging out with friends again and uh, coming into, you know, our podcast, even just kind of share what he's been doing and going through. I really enjoyed this conversation because I can see Ryan has had a very successful career and, you know, still in the middle of doing amazing things. But to hear why he's taking this time for himself, um, I think is a great reminder uh, to myself personally and as well as uh, those out there. I mean, we, we constantly praise this hustle mentality, but I think we also, it's very important to know how to balance and uh, find that time to rest, find the people to rest with and knowing how to bring things back home, so to speak. And I think where Ryan is at now, uh, he's definitely in that space and he, he goes into what he's been learning about himself through this time, um, what he's doing to actually enjoy this time, and uh, yeah, just the intentions there. Uh, we go into his very early roots of YouTube, how he started the whole thing and, and why he started it and how he's you know traveled through so many years of uh, success through this platform that has obviously changed the 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 landscape of entertainment in the world um though all that stuff is 
great and uh, I think yeah it's obviously um, impressive I think my biggest takeaway personally from it was just the the humanness that everybody has their need to to, to take a, a pause and um, to catch their breath and I think uh, we caught Ryan in that space right now and I think he there's a lot of um, just a lot of wisdom in, in what he's doing and it's cool to see the intention that he has in uh, wanting to use this time before getting back to uh, the work mode. Um, lightning round, always fun at the end. Still a fun conversation, laughs in this one for sure, but I think this one actually was a good breath of fresh air for myself too to just kind of see somebody who has so much to show for in terms of accomplishment, but seeing his need and that space that he's taking to rest um, I think there's a lot in it for this one. Uh, let's just jump right in. Welcome to another episode of the Kinja's podcast, Movement in the Shadows. I'm your host, Ben. We got Justin behind the camera. We got Jeremy Light outside handling the sounds and across from me. Folks, we got Ryan Higa finally in the pod. <laughs> I we've know. been. Uh, I feel like we've been trying to do this since last year. It's been like half a year, at least six months. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I it's mean, happening. it's well, you're in Vegas, right? Yep. You're in yep. Vegas, so it's, yeah, it's not so easy to be out here. But you're always in LA. You're, you're here now. Yep, Yo. back and forth. But usually when I come, it's like two days. Okay. Are you, are you out here working on stuff or what brings you out to LA? Um, this trip, I haven't been really doing much. Okay. We were doing our own podcast thing, but... We haven't been doing that lately. So yeah, yeah. Just kind of a cleanup, so you know. Just kicking it right yeah, now. Yeah, just kind of chilling. Word. Yep. Um, for those of you who may not know who Ryan is, you live under a rock. Um, so I'm going to give you this brief intro. Uh, YouTube OG, over 21 million subscribers. His channel was the most subscribed channel on YouTube for 677 consecutive days from 2009 to 11. I don't know if this is accurate. I don't I, know I, how you know that, I but I'll this take off. it. Yeah, I, I do my research, man. Just Google. <laughs> Wikipedia. Right. I don't know. It's, it's not the most reliable sometimes. Uh, he's an actor, comedian, entrepreneur, uh, podcast host, and uh, most notably, one-fifth of BGA, the K-pop <laughs> sensation. Yeah, that's something. Yeah, welcome, yeah. Ryan. Thank you for coming through, man. Yeah, thanks yeah. for having me, and thanks yeah. for being in the first BGA. I mean, you guys yeah, like, that was, hooked that up a lot. That was historical, man. Yeah, yeah. we shot that at the, the dojo, the Kinja's dojo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, let's, let's get into, because I feel like I have so many questions, but uh, let's start at the beginning. Give us the origin story. Where did you grow up and all of that? I haven't done this in a while. Um, so I grew up in Hilo, Hawaii, super small town on the big island. And, um, essentially just in general, just how I got started with YouTube, probably like Oh six, I'm going to say, um, out of complete boredom. Mm. I, I thought YouTube was actually, when I first uploaded, I thought it was like a, uh, file transfer, kind of like a Dropbox. Yeah, yeah. So I thought I was, I was doing that to help send the links to like my family members that I used to like have to bring physical vhs tapes to them yeah like see skits and stuff i've done um but it was completely not intentional yeah how i got started on youtube yeah so i think youtube started around that time right early 2000s yeah Yeah. so um what were you do uh, like what kind of videos were you making like what was it for for you initially it was all well 
when I was doing VHS, I started actually in middle school on like a VHS camcorder. Uh-huh. That was like parodies of like movies I liked, like Napoleon Dynamite and other other movies, whatever. Yeah. Um, but for YouTube, the first videos were all lip syncs because I had just seen on Ebombs World. Yeah, that? I, I had just seen E-Bombs the <laughs> yep, the yeah. you know the Numa Numa video. Uh-huh. So that was the first like lip sync I've ever seen, and I thought it was like the funniest thing ever. So I tried doing that. That was like my first like. I want to say 15 videos were just lip syncs. Got you. They're not on now, obviously. Yeah. Music. So, because um, I think, I mean, you got into a lot of like funny, like comedic skits type stuff. Were you, as a kid, uh, were you trying to like pursue acting or was that like, were you just always a funny kid or? Nah, just like bored. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it wasn't, I wasn't trying to be an actor. My, yeah. I remember telling my mom like a long time ago, like, hey, I want to be an actor when I grow up. I was, like, probably elementary school. And she's yeah. like, yeah, if you want to be poor, yeah. you can go be a struggling, hungry actor. And I, then I just switched to medical. And I was yeah. in medical. So that was never never in the, like, in my brain. Uh-huh. Like, there's no possibility unless I want to, like, ruin my life. Yeah. That's how I was brought up. So I never wanted to be in anything entertainment. This was That was just a hobby, uh-huh. you know. So when when you started doing the uploads on YouTube, obviously it's like a brand new platform. There, like I'm sure algorithms and all those things mm-hmm. were like not even a thing that you were thinking about, right? Nope. Um, and even subscribers probably at that point didn't really matter to you because you're just like you're doing things for fun. And then, but at some point it started picking up, right? And then YouTube really right. started to become the platform. So it was like kind of a game for mm-hmm. me because like so in the beginning. Um, like I never got, so I, I should explain this cause YouTube in the beginning was very different. It was like, if you made the front page, if you got featured, mm-hmm. um, they would basically put your video on the front page for like uh, a day mm-hmm. and that made your career. you like, you'd go from zero subscribers to like, I don't know at the time it was a lot, but like 20,000 or mm-hmm. 50,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like your career. Yeah. Like, well, not that we could make money back then, but I never got featured. It was just like a, a gradual growth. So every time I posted, I'd see it go up maybe like 20 or like mm-hmm. 100. Really good day. Eventually, after like months of doing it, maybe like 1,000. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just do that. And it was kind of rewarding in terms of subscribers because YouTube used to give medals. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, yeah. Like almost that. viewed for the day. Uh-huh. Like most, subscribe, most subscribed all time or for the month or for the week. I don't know why they don't do that anymore, but it makes you feel good. So mm-hmm. It makes you want to keep mm-hmm. doing stuff. Um, so there was a little bit of that. It was like a game to me yeah. at the time. I still wasn't near anyone. I think at the time Kev Jumbo was like, like way bigger because yeah. he got featured. So my goal was like, Oh look, an Asian dude. I'm trying to like do what that Asian dude's doing. Yeah. <laughs> he was doing completely different things. I was trying to get into skits. He was like vlogging and ranting and stuff. Yeah. How old are you at this time? I'm going to say maybe like 2007, eight, maybe. So like a junior, senior in high school. Dang. Did you, and all of this was just self-taped, self-edited, or did you have a team yep. of people? No, it's just me. Just me. Okay. And then I had my homie, Sean, who I did videos. I did videos with a bunch of my friends, but Sean was the one who kind of showed me, like, um, originally I used Windows Movie Maker yeah. to edit. So I was just, like, having fun with that. And then Sean showed me, like, this uh, this program called U-Lead Studio. Uh-huh. I was, like, one step above, like, a Windows Movie Maker. Yeah. Still below iMovie, though. Um and then it, that just opened so many other possibilities, just yeah. messing around with that. What was the, I guess, kind of a tipping point for you in terms of like you doing it for fun and you kind of gaining some, you know, some exposure, but then it became like a career move for you, right? 
Yeah. I would say tipping point would be... So right after I graduated high school, I got accepted to like the... I didn't know about it, but there was a partnership program where you can get paid. Yeah. So I didn't do that till really late. Apparently, Kev is actually the one who told me you can make money. So he's been making money for like years before I did. Uh Um, I was like, I want to say like 100 million views in before I found out you could make money on it. (laughs) Yeah. So I missed out on a lot of that. But Uh in the long run, it doesn't matter. Right. Um, But... I got into the partnership program, I remember, right as I was getting into college. So I was doing college the first year uh-huh. and trying to keep up YouTube because, I, you know, for a college kid, you're making a couple grand a month. It's, like, amazing, right? Yeah. <laughs> for something you're doing, like, you had no idea, right? right. It's passive income. Yeah. Um, so I kept doing that and kept growing. Yeah. Um, so I just kept doing it. And at, after about a year and a half of school, I was just, like, so stressed out with both because I couldn't keep up with both. I was doing uh, nuclear medicine, so it was wow. uh, <laughs> it wasn't fun. It was Very just difficult. Path. Yeah. yeah. So okay. I and I didn't have any interest. So I was like, meanwhile, I had this YouTube thing that was suffering because I was focusing on nuke med, and nuke med was suffering because you know I had to pick. There wasn't enough time in the day, right. um, and I finally like had the balls to go to my mom and just be like, hey, look, I'm super depressed, <laughs> and like I can't keep. I want to do YouTube, yeah. and. I, only because I think it made money at the time, even a little bit. She was like very open to the fact, and they were like not good Asian parents at that point. They were very supportive, <laughs> so like they, they were like cool with it. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. oh wow, this is not what I was expecting. Wow. Should did this earlier, yeah. And that's pretty much what turned it into a business, I guess, at that point. Dang, that's crazy. So you must have been what, like nineteen ish at this point, second year in at UNLV. So yeah, I'm gonna say nineteen, maybe eighteen. Well, that's 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 very interesting that you had the parent support because yeah, that yep. would probably be stereotypically not the Asian <laughs> yeah. parenting one on one sort of thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, okay, so after you went into it full time, um, content wise, were you just kind of still focused on doing the skits, or because I mean, I look at your catalog, you're from music videos to parodies to you know all kinds of just like off the wall sort of things and i feel like there's like an evolution like i feel like for somebody who claims that doesn't dance you sure have a lot of like (laughs) dance videos but like the the stop motion one is that's not dancing though but it's so it's so it's such good dancing though you know what i mean well like yeah how did how did uh you develop in terms of evolving your the types of content that you create a lot of it comes from so initially especially i felt like a lot of it for me like like you said in the beginning i'm like nowhere near the top but at the Mm -hmm. time i was like there for a while um, so I wasn't really following any of the trends that were happening. People didn't really do that. You just did your own thing. Yeah. And for me, the catalyst was always like, what do I want to do this week? Like, do I, like, I, oh, I saw a cool video of a stop motion. How can I make that mine? How can I make mm-hmm. it funny or like funny to me? So it was always like, what do I feel like doing? And mm-hmm. that would, you know, try and push the boundary. And if it was something that I've already done, I'm just not interested. Mm-hmm. So I'm always trying to find like the next thing. Mm-hmm. Obviously there's, there's weeks cause you know, it's still a business that I would put out, I would say more that often than not stuff that I'm not happy with. Cause you know, you still have to post like I yeah. call them filler. Um, I think people could sense that too. Some people are happy with it, but um, it was always like doing the new things like the dance video. I literally was like, okay, this is a challenge. How can I dance? but without moving mm-hmm. and like just that statement itself <laughs> yeah. sounds ridiculous. So yeah. that challenge is what got me excited and, and thinking of that idea, you know? So 
Um, I mean, even for that video, I there was a lot I had to cut out because it was just going to take too long. I mean, I, like, yeah. just watching the time lapse, you could see the sun rising, setting, yeah. and, I'm like, yep. <laughs> and then facial hair. And I'm yeah. like, what? This yeah. is crazy right now. So, okay, the um, I guess when it comes to your creative process, like when you said like some some weeks you're just like, dang, I got to post something, so mm-hmm. you're gonna do like a filler thing. Um, what is your creative process like in terms of? Um, the time that you put into it to, is it all like by yourself or do you have a team that you kind of Mm -hmm. brainstorm ideas with? Like, how do you create? So when it comes to like the writing aspect, um, I'm always, I always write by myself, Mm -hmm. like literally just that probably takes up the most time coming up with ideas and then expanding on it. Um, it's literally my day to day up until I should say that up until recently, the past like few months, I've been taking a break for the first time, probably in like five, six, seven years. Mm -hmm. Um, it's been literally just wake up. If it's not filming or editing days, it's wake up, like do what I got to do in the morning and then just start writing all day until mm-hmm. like night. Um, and then usually more often than not, it's all trash and just like random <laughs> files all over the place. And then I'll go back to something. Hopefully it'll turn into something. And does just repeat the process over the week. It's very monotonous. Um, every now and then though, when you're least expecting it, there'll be that one that just hits. Yeah. And if I don't have that moment before then it's time to upload the next video, then I, I try and weigh the bene- the the benefits, the pros and cons of like waiting another week for something bigger mm-hmm. or all right, I'll go with this idea that's kind of like mid tier to low tier and try and make it watchable, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kinda like finding that balance of um doing something that you're really happy about versus versus like something that's gonna make your people that are watching happy. Yeah. How do you um, how do you develop like your uh, I guess discipline? I mean, I guess because doing something for YouTube, which was not commonly done, you know, so it's not like you had this person. Oh, well, this guy does it this way. You know what I mean? I'm, or maybe there are people that you you know in the in the community of YouTube mm-hmm. creators, they they have certain processes. But as a kid, I mean, you know there isn't this template to follow, you know? So how did you develop your discipline as far as like, I'm going to uh, wake up and I'm going to write and then I'm going to, you know, like, because there isn't this thing to follow. So how did you try to develop that for yourself? I think you just see it like naturally. You just just learn over time, right? Like I didn't know much about algorithms or how Mm -hmm. that stuff worked. Um, If anything, I was always behind in that field. Like ask anyone who was a YouTuber back 06 to like, 2014 i want to say i'd never went to any of the google things and like the youtube workshops and i was always doing the opposite of what everybody not unintentionally i just didn't care about that stuff Mm -hmm. and luckily i was able to survive um but i didn't take into consideration any of that stuff watch time and uh labeling it and tags i don't even even write in those uh I don't even know what it's called, where you're supposed to fill out information so that people can find the video. Oh, uh-huh. like all that extra uh, yeah, metadata. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't even do that. Like uh-huh. all that stuff I should have been capitalizing off. I'm probably yeah. not a good example, honestly, for people <laughs> who want to take this seriously. But, but yeah, I mean, people know that I was like that. But luckily, yeah. I just did it because I loved creating new things. Yeah. Um, and that's just always been my motto, and it worked. Yeah. Which also is a bad thing, right? Because it, it, created like positive reinforcement for my bad habits sure (laughs) um but like you know it worked so Uh i kind of ran with that Mm -hmm. and and then you just learn over time like you know you you find out oh you didn't post for two weeks or three weeks the next post you're going to post isn't going to do as well no matter how good it is yeah it's just you're not as 
it, it depends, you know. It was different for different um, periods on YouTube. Yeah. Like now, you can't get away with that. Mm-hmm. Um, back then, you might because you might make the front page. Mm-hmm. So it kind of just stuff you just learn over time by just doing it and then literally trial and error. Mm. I would say that's probably the best way to learn for me. I wasn't good at like just being told what to do and like listening to people. So I just tried stuff and if it didn't go well, read the comments. People didn't like something, then you just learn from it. Yeah. Were you always an ambitious person? Um, I don't know how to answer that. What do you mean? Like, um, very passionate about something and then like go like you know what i mean like being like a go-getter like oh i want to be the best uh the best basketball player so i'm gonna freaking play basketball every day or i'm gonna be a best skateboarder or commit whatever you know what i mean like were you like ambitious in in this regard in terms of like i want to be doing this for youtube um honestly it's gonna sound way less inspiring but no (laughs) i was just kind of doing it yeah and like just doing things I want. I didn't care about being number one or whatever it was. I just wanted to keep the people that were watching happy. Like it didn't matter how many next person next to me, like if Kev had more subscribers or more views or less views or, you know, Smosh was passing or Fred at the time and Ray William Johnson, all those people, like it didn't even like, people would make a big deal out of it where it's like, oh, so-and-so passed you or you passed so-and-so. It literally meant nothing to me. Mm. It was cool. And I would like thank people for that because I know it mattered to them. Yeah. But it really didn't, make a difference for me yeah yeah did you have anything um prior to being a youtuber like was there anything else that you were really into um like and just in general yeah yeah i mean I, I did judo my whole life okay didn't actually wasn't into it didn't like it did judo my whole life wrestling i was into wrestling uh-huh. i did wrestling and judo in high school um and then just mma i guess just got martial it. arts yeah. i was really into and then basketball got it I mean, the reason I ask is because, you know, um, as you're talking about you not really doing best business practices, you know, knowing that like, okay, I'm in the business of doing YouTube and there are probably things that I should be researching and um, yeah, becoming smarter at handling or creating the business around it. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, yeah, I mean. I did it mainly because I loved it versus this is going to be a lucrative career path for me, which it ended up becoming. And you're talking about like, re, like positive reinforcement for bad yeah, habits and stuff. Yeah. But uh, I guess, um, you know, with let's say even for uh, like what we do with dance, right? Like I didn't start dance because I was like, this is going to be a great career path for me. Very mm-hmm. promising. Like, no, I just love it. And then you keep doing it and you keep practicing and then opportunities come and then, you know, you walk through the right doors, you know, like, holy crap. And like, you know, now we're in a place where I never would have thought dance would have taken me here. Right. So even for you with like um, making people laugh, I feel like you enjoy making people laugh and and entertaining people in that way, Um, you know, so with that being the the drive then do you feel like even now i mean you say you're taking a break you mm-hmm. haven't taken a break in a long time um is that still the thing that drives you the the joy of what it started with well i think that's why i needed to take a break because mm. i found that like i wasn't creating things that i was like happy about yeah i just kind of felt like i was doing doing things even from the podcast i was telling you before we started like with the podcast it started off like you know i wanted to be doing this like speaking 
like me uh-huh. and like and a lot of people didn't realize that i'm not always like hey guys you know like yeah. <laughs> like but it's fair because they, they would how would sure. they know right yeah. so um i wanted to just show that side of me mm-hmm. but i also in taking that jump didn't keep in mind like okay what are the repercussions of this going to be mm-hmm. um so i, I it's it just kind of I, I fell in love with the idea of like trying to i guess because i, I was a different person people didn't gravitate towards that as much mm-hmm. I felt I felt like I needed to get back to. It felt like I was doing something wrong because mm-hmm. it wasn't getting the same kind of views. Or even though I knew that was going to happen, there's still like the human side of me that cares about that. Sure. Um, and I knew it was going to happen. It did. I think I reacted poorly to that in that I tried to change who I was and tried to get views and getting you know famous people on the podcast mm-hmm. and it would get views, but it still didn't feel like something I originally set out to do. Yeah. So not sticking with it when it got like tough was the part that I realized after taking the break, like, oh, this is exactly what I used to tell people not to do. Mm. Like when it gets tough, you just got to keep pushing through or find like another route. Right. And just try and make it work. Um, But like I tried to I went the easy route. And I think that's why I was like, okay, I need to chill and like rethink a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Not just with that, but like the regular videos. I just wasn't happy doing it Mm -hmm. because it was just like the same stuff. I didn't feel like it was like growing. Mm. Um, So that's why I've been taking like a break and figuring out like what stuff I really want to do. Yeah. Do you, do you have a lot of um, like routine for yourself in terms of uh, your like self care, whether it's like mentally or spiritually, physically, like what's, what's that look like for you? Um, I would say I didn't mm-hmm. at the time. It was literally all about just writing the next thing week to week. Um, people don't really, I think, I don't think people really understand unless you've done it. Um, the YouTube grind is endless. Like mm. there's literally no seasons. You know, it's not like having a TV show that's on right. every year for 10 years. You're literally all year, every year. And if you mm. stop, that's your own fault. Right? right. So it's that pressure of like, even when I would go on a vacation somewhere, my head would still be thinking about like, okay, well, it would almost be like self guilt. Cause mm. like, if I'm here, I shouldn't be having fun. I should be working mm. cause I'm my own boss. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, I forget where I was going with this, but, <laughs> but like that's, that was like my mindset for a sure, long time. Yeah. I wasn't really worried about taking care of myself. Really. Mm. It, that was like the main priority. Mm. It's like mm. how other people are reacting and taking care of them essentially. Yeah. Um, so with that though, I mean, yeah, the the constant grind because yeah, I, I never really even thought about like at least for TV, there's you you do a season and then you like until the next bit. season, yeah. you're you're not to say you chill out, but like there isn't this like nonstop. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like, but YouTube is yeah, you're looking for every week. I want to see something new, and right. that's not gonna stop. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna always want it, and that's it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure, you know. And it is it's sometimes so. There's that. And then also like the kind of content I made Mm -hmm. wasn't sustainable in that way. I think Mm -hmm. that's what made me the most unhappy was like, I know I have to post. So it became more of that filler, right? Where the the thing where like people are okay with it, but Mm -hmm. I'm not like loving it Mm -hmm. because I'm putting on stuff I've done or stuff that I'm not proud of. Even if they think it's great and got great views because I don't know, it's on a trendy topic or something relevant. It doesn't, I realized that that doesn't bring me happiness. Mm -hmm. Um, and it took me a while. I, was, I, I found out that I was doing that for years. Um, only after I like took a break and kind of sat back. Mm. There'd be videos every now and then. Very rarely like the Dancing Without Moving one where I felt proud of it. Mm-hmm. But not not many. I would say like probably less than 10% of them. Mm. 
Um, and that just kind of became routine. Didn't even re- realize that was happening. Yeah. yeah. Did you always have a, a strong work ethic? I think so. I mean, in everything, yeah, I would say, yeah. yeah. I think in everything I've done, I usually commit. Mm-hmm. Um, when it was, uh, whether it was like wrestling or judo, I usually did pretty well because I really just focused on it. Mm-hmm. Um, same, I guess, with YouTube and now I think about it, that's all I really done. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't really yeah. done much. Uh, as far as your team goes, you know, mm-hmm. from uh, being able to execute, you know, just even on the production side of things to creatively to uh, your friend group, even you know, because yep. you're. It seems like you're now more so around a certain group of people. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you would you say you have like a pretty dedicated team? Yep. Um, how do you? Um, I guess the question is like, what do you look for in building that kind of a team? Like what types of people do you keep around you? Well, the group that I have around me are all, it's a different way to work. Um, because initially they were all just friends Mm -hmm. who either were interested in it or just literally just needed a job, Mm -hmm. um, and became, you know, kind of characters in like everything we do. Um, but I mean like the main dude that I work with, Greg, uh, he's from SAC, I think. Mm-hmm. Are you from SAC? No. Oh. But uh, a lot of the Jabberwocky homies were yeah, from SAC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're all like interconnected, so yeah. they all know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but Greg is probably my go-to dude, and he is like very similar to me. Like he'll keep pushing, um, and I think we're both on the same same page. So we're, we're very similar. A lot of the other guys, we kind of, I mean, they all work hard too, um, but it kind of just fell into place like it mm-hmm. wasn't like i actively like w- was seeking them specifically mm-hmm. they were just friends who you know eventually if they didn't know how to edit they learned mm-hmm. our way of editing and um we kind of just built it from the ground up in the same way like how i kind of did youtube it's yeah. just kind of like a trial and error thing and um but yeah like greg already came with that mm-hmm. so that's why he's like my go-to dude and he helps a lot too with the creativity like like the dancing without moving project and all those bigger projects he helps a lot because there's stuff mm. that he can do editing wise and I'm just like I don't even know how he got that done. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's a good collaboration there. Yeah. How do you feel about working um working with friends? Because I think a lot of people have different opinions about mm-hmm. that, you know? There's I thoughts? mean there's obviously positives and negatives. Mm-hmm. Um it's a lot tougher when you have to be negative with it. But I mean, there's so many positives as well and that's why I've kind of always kept it that way. For one, it's just like YouTube is not a traditional film format, mm-hmm. right? So like we don't, we all do different parts, different jobs. Like sometimes I'll hold the camera. Um, sometimes it'll be passed around. There's no specific person to do something. And we just all know if we have to get something done, you know, let's just get it done. Yeah. Um, a lot of times it's a little more casual, which like I said, comes with benefits as well, right? Because sometimes you really need to get stuff done and we're just like kind of hanging out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it happens, but... um. Yeah, I think we found a good balance between mm-hmm. like, okay, when we have to be serious and not, and, and that just goes with communication. Mm. For a long time, I, I felt like it was tough to say things to people because they were friends, you mm. know, when times get tough. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, if you can make it work, I think the number one key would be like just communicating mm-hmm. how everyone's feeling because if not, then it's going to turn into just resentment and right. yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, for inspiration... Um, like I mean, you like I said, your your content is you know from like Naruto inspired things to dance inspired things to K-pop inspired things. Like, 
Um, do you kind of um, have a source for inspiration or is it just kind of just kind of being aware of what's going on in the world and things that interest you? Like, how do you find your inspiration? I think it's, it's, it is um, a little bit of both. Like I do try to actively be aware of what's going on Mm -hmm. because it's kind of like my job. Yeah. Um, But also like those, the things that happen, it's literally because I'm interested in it. Like the K-pop thing came about because I mean, K-pop wasn't even as big as it is now. It just blew up when we first, I mean, did that video, Mm It was big, but it wasn't like what it is now. Like, mm-hmm. you know, with BTS and all them, like yeah. they were just starting because I remember saying, calling the, calling us BGA Army. And like at the time, no one really cared that we said that because mm-hmm. BTS is their fan. I don't know the word. Sorry. They're like fans are called Army or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. And like, I didn't even think twice because I didn't know who they were. Mm-hmm. But now, obviously, anyway, I knew K-pop was relevant to a certain degree. Yeah, yeah. Not what it is now. It's yeah. kind of fortunate. Um, but like, it was just something I thought was funny. Like all these girls are so crazy about this. They don't even know what they're saying. Like (laughs) if there was no subtitles, right. They wouldn't be like, they would, it's just sounds. Mm -hmm. So how can I make something that's just sounds and make that funny? And literally it was like, I'm just going to say nonsense. Yeah. And that's how that idea sprung. It was just literally interest in that. This one joke that turned into a music video shoot, Yeah. Yeah. you know? So it's literally a lot of that. Just mm. like, what's one thing that I find funny and how yeah. can I blow it up? Mm. Yeah. Um, as Well, how old are you now? 29. 29. And uh, obviously you've um, been in the game for a long time. And obviously, you know, you're evolving as a man and like going into uh, different stages in life. And, you know, with that, like... YouTube being a big part of your your career and your business, but like um, uh, I know that you're expanding into other things. Like you released a, an energy drink, mm-hmm. um, so things with like the progression of yourself as like as an entrepreneur. Um, what what kind of uh, how did those new ventures kind of start entering your life? Like the so like the energy drinks again, very similar. I I don't know when it happened. Um, must have been like 2008, I want to say. I went to this conference, uh, spoke at this event as like an 18-year-old, all like adults and stuff and such huge businesses and asked me about YouTube and how I made my, I don't know, how I got into that point. Yeah. It wasn't even that big. I think I had a million subscribers at the time. But anyway, there was a Red Bull guy there and he was like, well, I'm really just, you know, we don't want to, we want to work with you. We don't know how. Like, you're not sports, you're not extreme related, but like, how about we just send you Red Bull every month for the rest of your life? And I was like, I mean, yeah, I don't drink that, but sure, I'd love yeah, that. Yeah. And then I think low key that got me addicted to caffeine. So they kind of like, this is kind of messed up if you think about it. But as a kid, you're not going to turn that down, especially yeah, in college, right? You're not going to sure. turn that down. Uh-huh. So I used to like drink some here and there and then casually give them away. And yeah. then I found myself like addicted to it. Not just Red Bull, just energy drinks in uh-huh. general. And I was like, man, this is really bad. Yeah. Like, I need to chill. And I would try to chill, and then I'd go back and I'd relapse. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> it made it sound Caffeine so much worse. It's not, yeah. yeah. But I, would, I was drinking it way too often. And uh-huh. I was like, okay, I need to chill. Um, and I, then I thought about it. I was like, I'm always giving them free promotion. And I uh-huh. still don't mind it. I still like Red Bull, sure. even with my own drink. Uh-huh. It's just, how can I make something that I'm 
I might as well take advantage of this thing I'm addicted to. Yeah. So I just said, okay, I want to make an energy drink. How do I do that? Uh-huh. I talked to some people. Took like five years to find the right team and also just to get it done. Wow. Um, and at the same time, I wanted to find something that was different because I didn't want to compete with Red Bull because I'm mm-hmm. realistic. <laughs> like I said, I'm not the guy who's dreaming like, oh, I'm going to be the number one energy right, drink, right. which is not good advice, I yeah. think, for kids. But <laughs> for me, it was like, okay, I'm realistic. I'm uh-huh. not trying to compete with the Red Bulls and the monsters of the world. So I went down the route. I was like, okay, what do I really like to drink myself? Uh-huh. Again, my own self-interest. Um, and it came down to like, oh, well, you know, there's nothing really, you know, like Calpico or like Yakult. Yeah. Or Yakult. I don't know what it's called. I don't know how to pronounce it. You know the little it, yeah. yogurt drinks yeah, at the little pink Cape, Korean barbecue? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like I tried to get that taste. Um, but I was wondering like, oh, but can I get energy in it? So I kind of went with that. That's mm-hmm. kind of like the flavoring we uh, went for. Uh-huh. Um, but with energy, because I figured, okay, well, that might be popular in Asia. You know, they have Milkis in Korea. They have Kalpiko in Japan. Yeah. But it doesn't really exist in the U.S. Uh-huh. Um, so I wanted to go that route. And that's kind of what the energy drink ended up tasting like. We finally found a way to... It was such a headache. But we found, we found a way to make it work with energy and keeping it white. That was important to me because uh-huh. all those drinks are white. Yeah. Um, it, it, those little, Anyway, long story short, we finally made it happen. And that's how I got into it. Basically, my own self selfishness <laughs> that's tight. you see you yeah. called it ninja milk yeah which is based off a skit i did a long time ago mm-hmm. completely not trying to make an energy drink mm-hmm. yeah what what is the what's the name what, what what does that mean ninja milk so the original skit literally it sounds so dumb because it's not as cool as now i have a freaking drink named after it but it's literally there's a scene in this 20 something minute skit i did about ninjas and literally one joke there's just one joke of like there's a milk carton in it <laughs> uh-huh. and i just i don't know why i think people said that i said the word milk weird because i said milk instead of milk okay and i just named it that like there's no real yeah. good story there uh-huh. like it just became a thing yeah. and then yeah that's my drink now <laughs> that's tight where where where's uh where could people find that drink people can find that ninjamilk.com but also we just finally got into amazon Sick. so that was really helpful because at originally we were we were at walmart.com uh-huh. did okay um but i i know that kids prefer amazon yeah. over like a walmart um i mean not that walmart's great <laughs> shout out walmart yeah. <laughs> yeah. we would love you yeah. to sponsor the podcast <laughs> there you go yeah or amazon and yeah. then yeah ninja com. Uh, okay yeah. word word well i'll we'll send you guys some if you like that kind oh of super down yeah super down for that um so uh, now, I mean, you said you're kind of taking a break, right? Yeah. Um, could, could we ask like a little bit of like why? Sure. Is it like burnout or? I, I want to say that I've been burnt out for like years mm. and just kind of pushing through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say burnout, it's like I could I could have just kept doing it. Mm. It's not like all of a sudden I went crazy. But like I think for years, I've just been unhappy with it, right? Mm. So for me, it's like not like a burnout where like I couldn't keep working. I think a lot of people... Um, think that's a burnout's like I don't know it kind of became a trend on YouTube where people were like oh I need to take a mental break I'm not I don't mean to be making fun of it no, yeah. but yeah like people were a lot of people recently were like oh they're feeling it right they need to take a break and they'll come back um, I feel like I could have just kept doing it mm-hmm. but I was just like so unhappy making stuff that it wasn't inspiring me mm. like um Imagine you had to do the same dance routine, right? Or and, and you just change the song, but you're doing the same routine for years. Yeah. 
you could still do it to make money or sure. to like teach kids or whatever. But I sure, I'm sure there's a part of you that you've always you want to keep creating, right? Mm-hmm. That might not be the best analogy, but I'm trying to like. No, it was like you. it felt like that. Like yeah. it felt like I was like doing a formula, mm-hmm. and I just got tired of doing the same formula. I mm-hmm. wanted to create new formulas. Yeah, um, and I couldn't. So I felt like I needed to take that break so I could miss miss the creative process. Mm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I haven't missed creating in like. Since I mean, this is this break. I'm finally getting to that point of like, okay, I I have ideas. I want to run with them, but right now I'm in that stage of like, oh, this has been so nice though. Yeah. Um. But I I'm getting back into it, like yeah. getting back into writing and stuff like that. But I had to miss it to get inspired again. Yeah. How do you How do you take a break? And I I know it might be a funny question, mm-hmm. but like, um, because I think obviously you know people are very you know. They, they praise working. Like, if yep. you're working, you're grinding, it's like you're hustling, mm-hmm. right? That's like the whole, everyone's a, trying to be a hustler, right? Yep. And then um, we don't necessarily glorify resting. You know what I mean? Yep. I think some sometimes, for a lot of people, don't know how to rest well. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So for you, when you take a break, are there things that you intentionally do to really rest during this time? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a lot of things I've been putting off. Uh, like even like this right like to come out and do this trip like there's so many other things not just this podcast but like um that i've that i've literally put off because i've i just felt like oh i need to work on videos like Mm -hmm. i need to be getting this stuff done um and like just doing things like the had i had had i done this during that time my mindset i think would have been so stressed like Mm -hmm. just like oh man i gotta get this done real quick and then i'm on to the next thing like let's be really valuable with my time um, here so I can get back and work. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I just feel like yeah, we're just like hanging out. Um, it It's just nice. Mm-hmm. Like it's nice to like not think about work, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So that's pretty much how I guess I, I rest. It's not really like I'm still doing stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not just like laying down all day depressed. <laughs> but like it's, yeah. it's rest for me to do things actually because yeah. like, I'm not thinking about like something that stresses me out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Meister Watches. They are truly masters of their craft. From quality materials and masterful timepieces to functional lifestyle accessories for the movers and shakers of the worlds they collide with, Meister is doing it. They've collaborated with some of the biggest brands in sports, music, comic book, car culture, and pop culture. We've actually had the pleasure of collaborating with them on a timepiece a few years back. I rock their ambassador watch. This one's my everyday watch. This one's my favorite. They are for our culture and for those that are on a constant mission to master their craft. Hop on to mstrwatches.com and pop in the discount code KINJUSPOD to receive 25% off your entire purchase at checkout. And this discount is exclusive to the Kinjas podcast. You won't find this discount anywhere. Hop on to mstrwatches.com and rock with the illest. This show is officially brought to you by Kinesthetic. Hop on the store.kinjas.com and plug in the promo code podcast spelled with the K at checkout to get 15% off your entire purchase. We're always trying to bring you guys the illest gear for all your movement in the shadows needs. Follow us on Instagram at kin.aesthetic. Like us on Facebook at Kinesthetic Brand. Do you uh, have routines in your day? Like from like the moment you wake up to like... Uh, during this period? Or yeah, let's specifically talk about during this period. Yeah. Um, Honestly, I, I was just like starting to work out again mm-hmm. um, because I guess 
also what comes with the rest was like I was eating a lot more, <laughs> gained quite a bit yeah, of weight, uh-huh. but like it's like happiness weight. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So like I, I just started working out again. Other than that, really, it was just like just hanging out and like trying to meet people, that, meet up with people that I've neglected just because I didn't have time really. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if I did have time, I wasn't always there like mm-hmm. like mentally because like I said, I was always every time I went out, you know, it was like how can I use this for a, a video in mm-hmm. a way? And it was, uh, I mean, I don't know. People could probably tell. I don't know if they could or not, but it was, it was a lot of that. Yeah. Um, so when I say rest, I mean like, you know, just doing normal, normal things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I know not everyone can do that though. Right. Like I just fortunate enough that I'm in a place where I can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's why I can't really give advice on that because it's, it's such a different scenario from a lot of people. Yeah. Well, I think it's really um, it's really cool to even hear somebody like yourself that, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm aware of your grind in terms of just your, the years of you doing this and, and uh, obviously creating a very successful career where you can now afford to take some time to breathe. And um, I mean, I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong too, though, like in this time that you're doing for the first time in you said ever really or like i would say yeah first time i even if i took a break mm-hmm. it wasn't with this mindset of yeah. like i don't need to be writing the next week right right so um so i'm sure you're learning like the concept of wow how valuable this this break is for yeah. you and like uh what it, it's it's creating yeah like you you're now missing like dang i feel like i have some stuff that i want to do you know and like mm-hmm. but still enjoying this time and so um i guess when you look at the balance of um working and and doing what you what you're responsible to do and then um obviously you don't want to keep pushing yourself to the point where you burn out every time where you need these yeah, things right, so like right. how do you how do you um i guess view that sort of like work rest life mm-hmm. balance i mean i think i think that's a big part of it too it's like when i was in it like working every single day there was no weekends or like every day was a work day essentially Mm -hmm. and i think now i've convinced it was really just a mental thing myself i had to convince myself that rest is important Mm -hmm. you were kind of mentioning it it's not like a pride thing but like we got into like this culture of of being like rest is for the week Mm. even people brag about like oh i've only slept like two hours last (laughs) night like who cares Uh like sleep like i Uh tell people all the time sleep is so important um, I've never really given up that as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just like the, uh, the other time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize like rest is just as important. But you hear that all the time. But when you're hustling, you don't want to hear that, right? Because mm-hmm. you want to be like in go mode, right? But yeah. it catches up to you. I think I thought I was one of those people that it didn't matter yeah. for. And it wouldn't never catch up, but it does. Um, and for me, I think a lot of, for a lot of people, I think who are in that mindset, um, you don't realize when it's happening right? because you're always like, I'm not going to be weak. It's mm-hmm. kind of, I guess it is a pride thing. I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the rest, if I ever, if, if I do go back to, you know, writing and stuff, I'm going to be very conscious. Like I need to have set certain allocated days to like chill. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it'll help. I'm just worried that when I do that, I'm going to, that's how I was initially. And then it became like, it's slowly, it's like an addiction. Like over time, it just like, creeps up on you and you find like oh wow i really didn't sleep or like i keep pushing past this day and like you know the caffeine and and caffeine addiction is what's keeping me going and i just drink more and more of that and Mm -hmm. you just keep going 
Um, but yeah, I think knowing that rest is important. It's hard because I know if I heard myself talking right now, I'd be mm. like, that fool don't know. He don't know. He's just weak. He's like, freaking suck it up. You yeah. Know? Like, that's yeah. how I would think. Right. Um, so it's hard to tell someone who's in it right now. But, like, that's what I would say to someone yeah. who is in that mode. It does catch up. So you need to find, like, that rest day yeah. or, like, that rest days or whatever it is. Do you, do you consider yourself um, an introvert or extrovert? I would say definitely introverted. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, um in terms of like your uh, close community of people that will be able to kind of speak into your life, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's keeping you accountable or um, yeah. Do you, do you kind of have like a, a group of people that you keep to like maintain your head and all that? I think um, I think the group, the guys I work with obviously mm-hmm. are very honest and stuff. Uh, but it was more me putting out the energy of like, yeah, I'm not, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's no way they would have known. Mm. Um, it wasn't until I did actually take the break where they kind of, I guess, became concerned. Mm. Um, but it's not on them. Like, I literally didn't really, I guess if the question is if I have those people, I don't, I didn't give them the opportunity. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, but that's again, a pride thing maybe where mm. like, I didn't want to admit that I was like burnt out. So I literally just kept pushing through it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, I think um, you know, even just with uh with Kinjas, fortunately there's a bunch of us and so, you know, at any given time we'll have somebody around and but it's it's kind of, you know, in a similar way because uh like in a space like this where we're like, Cool, we have this facility, so we got to get to work, which mm-hmm. is one hundred percent yes, you know, and I think um always pushing um, and pushing each other is kind of like why uh, it's it's dope to have those that kind of uh, team around you. But I think um, what I even as you said, like you know, doing work with friends and the only way that that can succeed is if you communicate, communicate, communicate mm-hmm. and yep. really talk about the um, the tough stuff, too, you know, and like and the unfortunate thing with like doing work with friends, it's fun, but then it you need to put in that much more work to like <clears throat> stay friends, you know what yeah. I mean, and, and, no, and yeah, stay stay close because uh, yeah, like it, the friendships can suffer, you know, yeah, because sure. you're you're so focused on we're just working now. Like anytime we see mm-hmm. each other, we're always just talking about work, so you can kind of like you know lose sight of that stuff. Um, so I guess now that you know you're in this break mode are you kind of solo and like kind of just doing things on your own or are you kind of back in like yo let's hang out and let's let's get yeah. in friend mode again yeah no that that's that's a good point because like i literally didn't realize but like we used to all you know every now and then we'd meet up watch a fight like a ufc fight or something like mm-hmm. oh, i have drinks or whatever like for the first time in like i want to say a couple of years i mean we'd still do that occasionally but yeah. we like went we all went out to like a bar mm-hmm. and like just hung out, you know, and like we never would have done that had we been in that or had I been in that mode. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that wasn't happening and that that used to happen, mm-hmm. right? Until I was like, okay, now that I have time, I'm like, well, what do I do with all mm-hmm. this time, you know? So things like that, I and then it was fun, you know. I haven't had that like normally had I done that, it just wouldn't have been. I mean, I kind of already mentioned it before. It wouldn't have been fun because I would be thinking about other mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but just being there in the moment, I think, is is important. And I think that will overall kind of help the work as well, right? Because mm-hmm. everybody's 
feeling excited again mm. versus just, you know, treating it like work. Yeah. And when you see each other, there's like almost a negative thing around it where it's like, oh, this is, even if you love your work, it's still work. It's not yeah. like your friends, right? So I think kind of doing those kind of things helped. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure it's, it's different because you guys, like you said, you have so many other guys you guys work with. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I realized people also think very differently. Not everybody's as logical and not everybody's as emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, having to deal with that, I'm sure, is even tougher when you guys have like, I don't know how many people you guys work with, but... Yeah, we got like 40 kinjas. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like, and then, it, you know, I mean, I'm sure I've worked in group settings too like that where it's like you have to make sure everyone's cool. Mm-hmm. You know, there's also like a hierarchy, I'm sure, to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's it's definitely, <laughs> you know, it's definitely tough yeah. to kind of find that line. Yeah. Who who or what keeps you most accountable in your life? Um, Honestly, so... For me, I think my mom has been in Vegas as well. Uh, she technically lives there now, but like she was in Hawaii. She just retired, so she's there a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, she helps me a lot. Like see, She kind of helps with the business and everything overall, and mm-hmm. she's just always there. So I would say she probably does for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, like I think we all just kind of – we all just kind of – I guess we're just all kind of pretty honest with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little tougher though, because I think I'm in a position where like, they're kind of like I'm paying them mm-hmm. um, for, so if they want to say something to me, sometimes they feel like they can't, even though I've, you know, whether I've given that vibe or not, I think there's that kind of separation there. Um, whereas it wasn't really there. Like I said before, when we we're just hanging out as friends, yeah. it's just once it became a business, right. It's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, so that's why I say my mom because she she doesn't really have a stake in the game yeah. really. Mm-hmm. So she helps a lot with that for mm-hmm. the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, on the business end, um, I mean, I'm sure you've like learned how to do or conduct business, right? And um, I, I, it's it's tough because as a creator, um, like a lot of times we don't want to have to worry about like, man, mm-hmm. I don't. That, this business stuff's yeah. tough. Like, I just don't want to even, like, I just want to create yeah, and have exactly. fun. Yep. Um, so uh, I guess on that end, um, how do you approach uh, just the business and how you operate that? Is it like, do you really take on a lot of all that responsibility or do you have like a team, like whether it's mom or? Mm-hmm. My mom has always helped with that. She's an accountant. Mm-hmm. So that helps a lot. Um, yes, there has been that part where, well, for one, I mean, I think I mentioned earlier, like I had a lot of bad habits. I was the, the creator who didn't want to have to worry about business. Mm-hmm. I was in a fortunate enough spot where like I'm not pinching pennies for mm-hmm. everything until the point where I kind of stopped posting where like I had to take it a little bit more seriously. Like I said, it was doing so well with me doing really poor practice in business. Yeah. Like it created a lot of bad habits that I had to like kind of break. Uh-huh. Right. And like actually worry about budget and worry about things that like, I didn't need to worry about before. Mm-hmm. So in that respect, I'm still learning. And like, I feel like I'm very far behind where I should be doing this as long as I did because I was getting away with it. Mm-hmm. If that made sense, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and a lot of, a big part of it too is like, I didn't, I had to learn to trust people. Mm. Um, as like a creative person, I mean, a lot of times I don't, I don't, I don't know how you are or people in general, but for me, it was very, I have one specific vision and like, this is the way I do things. I'm going to do it this way. Um, 
and people and I'm gonna help have people help me out to get there, but mm-hmm. I wasn't as open to other people's creatives, if that makes sense. And I had mm-hmm. to learn how to do that. Um, and that comes on to everything with business. Like I was like, I'm just gonna do it this way because this is what's been working for me. Mm-hmm. Versus like someone who has told me like maybe you should treat this more like a business, and maybe you should find an office space or do things like that. Things yeah. I didn't think I wanted or needed. Um, I didn't used to listen to until maybe a couple years ago. Mm. Do you have an office space now or do you still work from home? Um, we, I do work from home, but like we have an office space that's kind of more like a house that we turned into an office. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that it helps. I wasn't using it because I literally was in that mindset like I've always written by myself. I'm never going to want to write with other people or mm-hmm. I'm going to do everything myself. Um, up until recently, like I said, when I took that break, I just started working with my friend Greg, other friend Jacob. We started like just tossing ideas around for the first time, and I found like, dude, this is super helpful. Mm-hmm. Even if I don't vibe with their idea, it just helps to spark something else yeah. for myself. And I just was like shocked because I was never open to that. Like in the past thirteen years or twelve years, I've been doing it. So like, it makes me think like, man, how much have I not learned? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why it's like, yeah, I, I've, I'm not the best example when it comes to like turning your passion into a business. I'm probably one of the worst, to be honest. Like, I got really lucky, like, being able to survive doing what I'm doing because I did not care about business at all. But I don't know, man. I I don't think... I I know you want to keep saying you're not the best example and there's luck. Sure, maybe there's some level of luck, but I think... um, I I, want to say I disagree because I feel like you... (laughs) You you do things maybe unconventionally because I don't think True. the conventional route because it's quote unquote safer to do things this mm-hmm. way is the best way to to conduct business because I think some of the most successful um, sorts of businesses or like company cultures or whatever are the ones that are just authentic to the person or the group of people and it's like well yeah we don't have an office but we like made this house like our office space because right. we more like we like that vibe better but if that produces a result or if that helps you create better that was a great business move you know what i mean and right. you not caring so much about the algorithms and the numbers mm-hmm. that maybe allowed you to just take the bandwidth of you focusing on that to be like i don't care about that i'm just gonna make dope funny stuff and people are gonna gravitate towards the thing that you're passionate about right. so i think um in terms of business like you don't need to incorporate all these like quote unquote best business practices mm-hmm. uh as if they're all written in a textbook you yeah. know what i mean i think you you created it from what's authentically right. your business you well, know what i'm saying is like yeah i completely like i said there's positive and negatives right mm-hmm. to everything and like that going that route i think for sure you're right what i'm saying is i think I was so stuck in my head and uh-huh. like this is the way I'm going to do things yeah. that I did I wasn't open to taking little pieces of like okay maybe you could keep doing that yeah. but what if you got like I said I don't re- regret it but like had I taken some advice from other people and mm. I wasn't so closed off and just like doing it my sure. way it probably would have helped in a lot of things I'm trying to do now mm. um but like like I said I was like so focused on doing it a certain way yeah it's like finding the balance everything totally. is just like a little bit of balance I think and um, I was just so one-sided I, yeah. and I kind of, if anything, I don't regret it, but I kind of wish I, I took a little bit of like, I was op- more open to a lot of like things that people have told me like mm. in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is YouTube, uh, still the main focus in terms of where you want to create and, and, uh, expand your career? 
I think as of right now, I'm like we're getting right back into it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other things that I want to do, but now because I haven't kind of took that pressure off myself, I finally am starting to think about that other like other possibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, for the longest time, I think it was like 2012 or 13. I literally told everybody around me, I'm like, okay, it's been nice, you know, doing YouTube, but like. It's about time I fall off. Like, <laughs> like it's like people don't normally have the fortune to keep doing this. Mm-hmm. It, at least at the time, right? Um, now it's a little bit different. People have been on for a lot, like PewDiePie and whoever have Smosh. They've been around for so long, um, but like it's still enough to like it's still better than enough to get by. Uh, but now that I've taken that pressure off myself, um, I've been just starting to think about the possibility of doing other things. So mm-hmm. I'm not quite there to say like, oh, I know exactly what I want to mm-hmm. do. Um, as of right now, I'm still doing the YouTube thing because I'm fortunate enough to be able to still do it. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, if it doesn't work out, maybe I'll have to force myself to find something else. But um, I'm just trying to do the things I want to do mm-hmm. right now and get back to like that you know, original mindset of like, being proud of something, even if it it's not necessarily the uh, the quote unquote thing that fits the algorithm best, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm 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 still in a. We're starting to get started again. I'm just still in like that, not sure phase right mm-hmm. now. Ever have any desire to get into like TV or film or anything like that? Um, for me, it doesn't really matter. Like I do have interest in like writing a feature, mm-hmm. um, or, or really, I guess acting too, but I don't really, I found like, I don't really want to be on camera as much. Mm. Um, just the, the writing and stuff is the part I find better, more fun. Um, I actually was working with Justin Chan. I saw that he did, you guys did the thing mm-hmm. together before too. Um, so we've been wanting to write something for a long time, but he's literally like, blowing up <laughs> yeah he's like doing everything right yeah. now so it's tough to find like as much downtime with him yeah um but like yeah there's interest there i just again I, i'm not exactly sure yet what mm-hmm. i want to do um and it doesn't really matter where it lives like it could be a youtube thing it could be uh tv or a movie or whatever mm-hmm. it is i just i just like i just all i know is i like the, the creative process yeah. Yeah. like that's the one thing i miss since taking the break yeah um so I think with, you know, YouTube, uh, even for dancers, it changed the landscape for dance dance industry because, you know, you can now post up a video of you dancing and then it has the potential to get tons of views mm-hmm. to create work for yourself. And we we're saying that, like, um, it changed the game for the dance industry, um, even for, like, actors where, you know, maybe you are not going to see that many Asian faces on uh, the big screen, but then you go on like YouTube and like it's free for all, you know what I mean? So, right. you know, especially for a guy like yourself where you said you started early game and you didn't see that many Asian faces and, you know, other than like Kev Jamba and then mm-hmm. you obviously became one of those, uh, you know, familiar faces that is Asian. So um, what are your thoughts towards like, um, the entertainment industry as a whole in terms of how Asians, I mean, now, I mean, like, we're, like, flooding the market, you know. Dude, we're, like, hot right now. Yeah, Asians People want hot. Asians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, what are, your, what are your thoughts towards all that? Um, just in general? Yeah, just, I mean, like, what YouTube has done for giving, um, 
like opening up the stage, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Like it's like anyone's welcome here, you know? Yeah. I mean, people have said that a lot. I've been to a lot of like Asian organizations and the talks and stuff, but like I was always, from the very beginning, I've been very honest about that. Like I did not have any intention of doing like a, like changing that stereotype or like I wasn't really, tr- literally the only thing I've ever done was try and create content that had nothing to do with being Asian. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like opposite Wong Fu. You know, like, yeah. like all their content's like very like, like go Asians and right, like, you know, right. which is like great. Like yeah, I love yeah. that. But, um, it, it sounds selfish, but like I didn't, that wasn't my upbringing. Like uh-huh. my upbringing, I grew up in Hawaii. Like there's, we're the, my, my majority, right, <laughs> like the right. minority was white people right. and I felt bad for them because they used to get bullied for being white. <laughs> yeah. I was like, so I, it's such a different experience. And yeah. like, I didn't even know until I moved to the mainland mm-hmm. until I came to LA and like how, like a lot of my friends, how they grew up getting bullied. I got bullied too, but not for being Asian. It was yeah. like, it was just, just, I guess, nerd. I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, but like it, I didn't have the same, uh, I didn't have the same, I don't know what you call it, resentment or not, not resentment. Like the chip on your shoulder? Yeah, I didn't have the same chip chip on my shoulder. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of other Asian people did. Mm -hmm. And like, I always, I didn't understand it until much later Mm -hmm. why so many people like wanted to support me. And I didn't really cater to that. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't until later that I found more of a responsibility, I guess, to speak up on stuff like that. And I kind of did, but it just wasn't, didn't feel as authentic. Like I didn't Mm want to ride that wave and like garner support from that community, from the Asian community just be like i didn't want to use them mm. essentially so i've always tried to create content that was just it doesn't matter who what ethnicity it is yeah there's certain videos here and there but all of it if you go back and look it has nothing to do with being asian mm-hmm. um i think it's great I, I i do relate to like not seeing asians on tv and stuff but again mm-hmm. it wasn't as big a deal for me because i was surrounded by them yeah you know so we joke yeah. amongst ourselves They're like oh look at asian dude but it wasn't like oh an asian dude you know <laughs> yeah yeah so it it sounds bad but like i i don't i never tried to try to do that mm-hmm. i'm glad that people viewed me as that for them but like it was a different almost a different upbringing yeah, for me yeah um but i 100 percent support other asians you know yeah. and i think like what wong fu did i think that's great i just never personally tried to gear my content that way mm-hmm. if that makes sense i tried to make it for anyone yeah i mean that makes a lot of sense um i think it might be kind of weird if you're like going into something, I'm going to be championing Asians. Um, Cause uh, you know, when we did ABDC and mm-hmm. you know, as Jabwalkies, we had masks on. So we yeah. were essentially <laughs> hiding our face and yeah. we didn't want to take our masks off. But then when they, they kind of forced us to like, mm-hmm. well, America needs to vote for you guys. They need to know who they're voting for. Right. So we're like, okay. And then, take our mask like oh shoot like majority of these guys are asian yeah <laughs> and it wasn't like we we're like this was the goal we're just like exactly we yeah. dance we love this we you know we grew up around like hip-hop culture and yep. all that um but then the asian community was like riding for us so yeah. like we need to support these guys mm-hmm. you know kaba modern also yep. <laughs> a bunch of asians mm-hmm. like we need to support these guys and i think you know yeah obviously not using that as like right um like we're we're gonna uh take advantage of this but also recognizing like oh shoot i didn't realize what we were doing also um but that's also awesome and like let you know let us show appreciation for that Mm -hmm. kind of support because i think at the end of the day you know when 
the majority of, of America, regardless of what race you are, um, if you feel underrepresented mm-hmm. and then you see somebody that looks like you doing something, you have this weird inclination to be like, I want to support this exactly, person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He looks like me. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's my thing too. I felt like this is the way I justified it. I was like, look, if I'm getting views as an Asian dude doing normal things, that's even better. Like we, it right. should be normal to see an Asian dude not making a video about Asian things. Like to me, I didn't see it as something crazy. Mm-hmm. I thought that's normal. I'm just yeah. doing things I see white people do or black people do. Yeah. Um, not so much black because I can't get away with as much. But like <laughs> a lot of white people would do on you yeah. know on TV and stuff, uh-huh. make the same kind of jokes. But as an Asian, and nobody bats an eye. Like that was right. the cool thing to me. Mm-hmm. And I thought once we normalize that, and I think it's finally that time in like the mainstream media where like you see an Asian lead. And it's not just cr- the crazy rich Asian experience where everyone's like, oh, my God, an Asian lead mm-hmm. in like a whatever. Now it's like, oh, yeah, oh, so-and-so, that's great. Good for them. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I wanted all yeah. along. It's just yeah. make it normal. The, the, stop trying to force the whole Asian thing on other people. Like, I, I get supporting things, but just make good content and right. be Asian right. doing it. You know, <laughs> yeah. like that, that was like yeah. my goal is to just make good stuff. It doesn't have to be Asian related. Yeah. Just so happens you're Asian. Yeah. It shouldn't matter what ethnicity you are. Just make good shit. Yeah, I dig it. Sorry, man. I don't know if you can. No, it's all good. Okay. It's not radio. Um, so in light of all of that stuff, um, you know, you have, uh, you know, in, in so many people's eyes, a successful career, but for your personal definition for yourself of success, how would you define success? How would I define success? Mm-hmm. Um, it's sounds a little bit, cheesy but it it is because of i went through different phases of what i thought success was but right now it's i mean it's been like this for a while but success to me is just happiness your happiness level um and the only reason i say that is because i i mean you hear that right all the time growing up um what is success to you and you hear you know to be rich or famous and whatever it is and as a kid i never would admit that but like once you kind of get it to a certain degree, not to sound like, oh, I was rich and famous, mm-hmm. but above, you know, what you thought you'd ever expect yeah. in life, yeah. I, you find, for me personally, I got to that point where I exceeded anything I could have dreamed of mm-hmm. and wasn't happy, right? I got to that point of like, okay, is that, is it, if this is it, until you have it, you don't realize that that's, doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it sounds going to sound super like, because I've said this before and people got very like, Oh, well, you're saying that because you have it, you know, mm-hmm. like you've had the fame, you have, you're rich enough. Like there's always going to, it doesn't matter. Basically think this is an example. It sounds really dark, but think about like Robin Williams, right? Mm. Like you can be the richest, most loved person, uh, most famous person in the world, but who cares? You could be a homeless guy who's happier than Robin Williams mm-hmm. was. Right. And my whole mindset was like, I didn't realize that because I always thought there was, you know, oh, if I get this new car, or if I get this house, or if I get certain to these certain levels, like once I hit here, I'll be good. But it's it's always just more and more. You're always mm-hmm. gonna want more because that's not real happiness, mm-hmm. you know. And you don't realize that until you, well, I didn't unless you hit those marks like a few times and you're like, okay, this didn't make me happy. Let's try this. This doesn't make me happy, and so on. Mm. It's just I, I know it's fortunate enough to get to those marks, but until you get there, the the drive to it was the fun part. Mm. Once you got there, it had it had nothing to do with actual happiness so success at the time were these benchmarks but now it literally means nothing like mm. those benchmarks are are it's it's really just the, the the journey versus like the goal yeah right so enjoying the journey i think is 
is success. Mm. If you can find a way to enjoy your life, getting to your goals, not actually achieving them, as bad as that sounds. <laughs> no, I love it. I I very much agree, man. I love right. it. I love it. Um, I want to do a quick lightning round with you. I'm going right. to fire off some questions. And in quick lightning fashion, here we go. Three, two, one. What is your favorite dessert? Pistachio almond ice cream. Favorite movie? I'm going to say Zoolander. <laughs> nice. <laughs> favorite comedian? Uh, George Carlin. Wow. All right. Worst fear? Mm, it's going to sound like a cop-out, but claustrophobic. Okay. Finish this thought. What was I thinking? Finish it? Yeah. So what was what would be a what was I thinking moment for you? Are you saying that? Or like, <laughs> no, for you. <laughs> what was I thinking? Yeah. So finish that sentence? Yeah. Or like, what was I thinking what, about? What was I thinking when I did this? <laughs> um... I'm not exactly sure how to answer that. Okay, we'll skip that one. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, I want to I know what you mean, though. No, I mean, like, dang, what was I thinking when I bought that car? Or what uh-huh. was I thinking when I oh, went like on that regret? date? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess uh, regret no, I've had that. No, I've had that moment literally with buying the car. <laughs> I was like, I love this car. What was I thinking, what was I thinking when I bought a Maserati? Uh-huh. And, like, I... For, this is one of those benchmarks I was just talking about. Yeah, I loved yeah. it. I still love that car. But like, I was like, man, I could have bought a house in Vegas because it's cheap there. Yeah. So that was a what was All I right. thinking moment. There it is. That's it. That's a perfect answer. It's not worth much anymore. What or who is your childhood hero? Childhood hero. This is a bad lightning round. I'm sorry. I'm like okay. searching. Oh, uh, Tim Duncan. Okay. Favorite basketball okay. player. Um, if dead or alive, if you can have sit down and have breakfast with somebody, who would that be? Honestly, George Carlin. Nice. Um, what is your guilty pleasure? Um, does that have to be like a secret? Because a lot of people know, no. but I just love watching anime. That's a great guilty pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, what would be a dream opportunity for you? Dream opportunity... Uh, <laughs> sorry, my go-to hit was like talking to George Carlin. George Carlin, <laughs> you really want to meet George Carlin? Yeah, okay, I, I go through streaks. Yeah. Um, okay, well, no, a dream opportunity. Oh man, I wasn't prepared for this. Um, honestly, just just writing with people that I look up to. Word. Um, if you could have any skill in the world, what would that be? Singing. If you could snap your finger and make something happen like Thanos, what would that be? Doesn't he just destroy things? Does it? His I feel snap? like he, he could make anything happen though, right? I don't know. Okay, maybe well, not. Can? Maybe Is it not. A genie? Okay, you're a genie. Okay. <laughs> you can crank yourself one wish. What would that be? Man. Honestly, understanding George Carlin's mindset. Wow. I'm a big fan of the dude. What about, I'm just curious, what about George, and then we're going to pause lightning okay, for sure. a second. What about right. George Carlin is like All right. so, so impactful to you? I I was writing things before I even discovered him, mm-hmm. but like I connected to his material so much because it wasn't just about making people laugh. It was like his delivery and the way that he 
literally gave messages. He was like a preacher, basically, mm-hmm. but in, in the form of comedy. And it's such a difficult skill to not only just... It's almost like Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. Dave Chappelle is like my number two. Yep. He can yep. send the message. Like, I don't know if you saw his most recent Netflix yeah. special. Yeah. He can send a message, but he can disguise it so well. The, the disguising process of making people think they're not learning, but they are, right. is like the most brilliant thing ever yeah. to me. Yeah. And I think if... I knew how his mind worked or like even Dave Chappelle on that level. But I think George Collins is like next level. Mm. If you can figure that out, it's like you could change the world. Yeah. Essentially like sneaking the medicine. It's exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's dope. Yeah. I dig that. Um, if you can travel back in time and give yourself one piece of advice, what would that be? I, I mean, we kind of talked about it, but literally trying to convince myself about resting mm-hmm. and not, not taking myself too seriously. Mm-hmm. Less of, more of. What would you want to see less of in the world and also more of in the world? I'd like to see less uh, outrage culture. Um, and I would like to see more logical reasoning. Mm. Good stuff. What would be your golden rule, your life mantra? Oh, man. This is lightning. <laughs> no, this is the end of it. This is um, we, we life tail rule. off of this. It feels like like I should say the cheesy thing of like strive for your happiness, um, but like I feel like a hypocrite because I wasn't doing that <laughs> when I was saying that. Um, but like that's it. I mean, like just just really. What was the question? <laughs> Life mantra, golden rule. Do what makes you happy. Do what makes you happy. As cheesy and cliche as it is, it all comes back down to that. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, yeah. Word. I, I mean, you know, the funny thing about cliches, um, you know, people are like, oh, I hate to say it because it's so mm-hmm. cliche. It's like, well, it's cliche because it's said a lot because yeah, it's a very true. It. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's more exactly. true than not. So yeah. um, I totally I totally vibe with it, man. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan, dude, thanks for coming through, man. And I think this, this conversation, to be honest, um, not what I expected, but... In, <laughs> no, but like, I, honestly, in the best way, because good. Um, I'm so used to seeing you on in terms of your, yeah. your, your persona of your content. And it's, it's foolish to think that, oh, this guy's going to be that way. Like when I see him, you know, and it's not like it's the first time I've met you, but like to have this kind of a conversation, probably yeah. the first time. And I think I appreciate just your... Um, your honesty of like, yo, I'm taking a break, <laughs> you know, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad sure. <laughs> I caught you. I'm glad I caught you in this time because I think um, maybe if I had caught you while you were in grind mode. Uh, well, you did, right? But like, I, we never could make right. it happen. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. I think maybe just your your demeanor, your answers, or even some of your thoughts might be different because I think you even taking this time to rest and breathe is you probably teaching yourself a whole bunch of stuff. And um, it's interesting that you brought up Robin Williams because I don't know why, but I was thinking about Mm -hmm. him um, as you were talking. And uh, yeah, man, like I can only imagine when um, your entire career is based on uh, entertaining people and making people laugh and obviously so good at it. there is a human need that you have too. It's like, dang, am I, am I okay? Like, is anyone even care about how I'm doing? Right. Like what, what would happen if I actually just turned off, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And like not 
wasn't funny or, or didn't meet people's expectation to constantly, uh, you know, entertain the room or whatever. And I, I think just even having this conversation with you during your rest period, um, I can sense a um, like a sigh of relief, even from like the way that you're talking about, like, I'm just kind of. I, I am excited to get back to work and create, but I'm also just really enjoying this, you know, yeah, and like, yeah, for um, sure. and I think that, um, is so important. And I think, um, yeah, in this culture of go, go, go hustle, hustle, hustle. And, um, you know, Instagram highlight reels of like, this is what I'm doing right now. And, um, you know, that's so, um, easy to praise, but I think, uh, with where you're at, with just like taking the time to, to breathe and, and enjoy life a little bit and hang out with people and um, even come on, you know, things like this to um, share your story, man. Like, I, I really appreciate that, man. And um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, from I already know when you get back to work, it's going to mm. be, you know, you're going to be back in that mode. But like, I think it's important, especially for, you know, the your, your fan base that is probably, um, they may think that you're constantly what they see on screen but then yeah. you know in a in a space like this and even your own podcast as you were talking about mm -hmm. like you mm -hmm. just wanted to talk <laughs> and like, yeah i just want to be me you know and um yeah being able to kind of come here and and see you and just hear your story man i appreciate it i think there's a lot um a lot to gain from that man yeah well i mean thanks for having me dude like it's it's like i said this is nothing for me because it feels like we we can just be people right yeah, yeah and like like you said like you didn't expect it most people probably don't but i think now that i've done so many podcasts they're <laughs> like okay we get it yeah um but like i said they they wanted a certain thing and i was just like okay i'm a i'm gonna chill a little bit yeah so yeah it's it's this is fun i mean where this has been cool thank you man yeah Guys, thank you guys for uh, listening and or watching. If you find this episode to be funny or entertaining or valuable in any way, all we ask that you do is share it. Uh, take a screenshot of your phone listening to the pod. Tag us at Kinja's Podcast, cast with the K. Uh, we're on Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. Um, Oh, I didn't even ask how uh, we didn't even plug your stuff, man. Like, uh, how can people follow your journey? Well, I'm not having one right now. Okay. <laughs> no, you could. Um, so I guess the thing I'm using now right now is I, I've been tweeting a little bit. My Twitter is the real Ryan Higa, but my Instagram is not Ryan Higa. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. Um, that's all I've been really using. I'll get back into YouTube in a little bit, but I'm, I'm yeah, right now that's the not that people need to know. But what's the YouTube channel? Uh, YouTube channels we have two. One, my main channel is Niga Higa and higa tv that's our we've been pretty active on that but that's just more chill content not skits and stuff word yep. so all that stuff is going to be plugged in the notes uh kinjas.com slash podcast is the website um hop onto uh your podcast app give us a five five star rating leave us a review all that stuff helps us get visibility on the charts and uh we just appreciate you guys listening we'll catch you guys next time peace out peace Kinja, bye.